Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Total Wine & More announces points with a purpose. Now through September 13th, collect five times points on wines and spirits. Points earned equals a matching donation to local charities. Up to $2 million in total. Shop with us today or visit TotalWine.com. Terms and conditions apply. Hey everybody, the convention just ended, night two, and we have all the instant analysis. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Bill Clinton, Jill Biden, and more. Thank you guys for supporting our program, and please consider supporting us monthly if you have not yet at charliekirk.com slash support. charliekirk.com slash support. It helps keep our team going. As we do these late night reviews for you, two podcasts a day, one on the weekends, just for you at charliekirk.com slash support. Email us your questions, freedom at charliekirk.com, freedom at charliekirk.com. Type in Charlie Kirk, show your podcast provider, hit subscribe. Give us a five-star review. DNC, night two, instant analysis. Buckle up, everybody. Here we go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie Kirk is on the college campus. I want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks. I want to thank Charlie. He's an incredible guy. His spirit, his love of this country. He's done an amazing job building one of the most powerful youth organizations ever created, Turning Point USA. We will not embrace the ideas that have destroyed countries, destroyed lives, and we are going to fight for freedom on campuses across the country. That's why we are here. Hello, everybody. It is very, very late on the East Coast. In fact, some could say it's very early. I watched the Democrat National Convention, so you didn't have to. Admittedly, I stepped out for a couple minutes to make a couple important phone calls when all the states were doing their nominations, saying that Joe Biden's going to be president. It's actually probably was one of the more creative ways. I have to give the Democrats credit of the entire uh, convention was their roll call. I actually I hate giving Democrats credit. It was actually pretty good. The entire convention. I don't think it won them any votes, but I think that they actually put a lot of thought and creative energy and money into the roll call. Uh, Some were really weird, I have to say. And there were just a couple of very disturbing trends throughout the night. So we have the entire analysis for you right here, right now. And if you missed the Democrat National Convention, good. That's all I have to, you're probably a much happier person than I am tonight because I had to watch two hours of people that really are committed to destroying our nation and destroying our republic. But I did just get done with a very well-received and well-watched live stream that was very fun with Michael Knowles with Instant Reaction. So I encourage you to listen to our sister episode of my Instant Reaction with Michael Knowles right after the Democrat National Convention. But we didn't really cover in that live stream with Michael Knowles all the specifics. I want to go over the specific speakers, some of the takeaways, where we are headed because of what we have learned tonight at the Democrat National Convention. Things I think they did well and things I think that they did very poorly. So there, I asked our team here on the Charlie Kirk Show, I said, can you put together kind of a word count or a word subject count and some Twitter account? I love, 
I love the incredible amount of genius out on the internet because there's some person on Twitter that always does something for you <laughs> that you might be looking for that you didn't even know you were you needed. And there was just one Twitter account that decided to have a running tally of the word count out there. What do I mean by that? Well, the word subject watch, for example, how many times certain words were mentioned. So, for example, healthcare was mentioned 26 times. Racism, slavery, hate, and white supremacy was mentioned 15 times. Compassion, kindness, and empathy, nine times. Decency, civility, and dignity, seven times. Colonialization, one time. By Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, of course. Beau Biden was mentioned 10 times. Hunter Biden, only once. And it was used in a sentence, Beau and Hunter Biden. So there were some really big speakers, and I'm going to dive into some of the big ones. And let's start with this. Stacey Abrams who calls herself still the self-declared winner of the Georgia race in 2018. She was so bitter that she lost to now Governor Brian Kemp that she still declared herself the winner for many months after, despite her losing the race definitively. Uh, she took some time off from being fake governor of Georgia and her grueling schedule to address the convention. Uh, she helped kick things off on night two, and she got it started with trying to divide America in racial identity politics. This nation belongs to all of us. And in every election, we choose how we will create a more perfect union, not by taking sides, but by taking stock of where we are and what we need. This year's choice could not be more clear. America faces a triple threat a public health catastrophe, an economic collapse, and a reckoning with racial justice and inequality. So our choice is clear. Uh, actress Ellis Ross, she played MC for the evening. Uh, she was on a stage set, I think, from Los Angeles. That's right, from Los Angeles. She referenced this new phrase that uh, the left likes to say. I think they're being cute. It says, good trouble. It's their new favorite expression. It's so played out. It's in reference to John Lewis. It means that you could be a criminal if the ends justify the means. Or if you're being a criminal, it's a good thing because it is in the pursuit of what they consider to be righteous and justice. All throughout the evening, the left was trying to, again, have a performative contradiction. They were trying to make themselves seem like they love America while bashing America. They were trying to say they wanted to win swing voters while platforming some of the most disgraced and divisive figures in the entire Democrat Party. It kind of hit me through watching this Zoom call that they call the Democrat National Convention. A very important realization, and I talked about this in our live stream with Michael Knowles. I encourage you to check it out, our sister episode for tonight. There is no Democrat Party. And you might wonder what I mean by that. There is a corporate governing class of the Democrat Party that calls the shots that is fueled mostly by six or seven factional single-issue voting groups. This fusion has been made possible because of the Democrats' pathological hatred of Donald Trump, because of how much they want Donald Trump to be removed from office, because of how serious they are at making sure Republicans do not get anywhere close to power again. That is the only thing that unites all these different factions together. So the six or seven factions are the anti-gun group, the feminist group, the environmental group, 
the Native Indigenous America Never Should Have Been Formed in the First Place group, the Social Justice group, and then the Special Interest group of public sector unions, the SCIU, the American Federation of Teachers, all these other special interest groups on the radical left. They all kind of combine, and they are the base of the Democrat Party. But they're actually not the ones that are calling the shots for the Democrat Party. This is a huge distinction between the Democrat and the Republican Party right now. And the Republican Party, actually, despite what some polling might reflect, is in a much healthier position than a Democrat Party. Because the Democrat Party has this forced marriage and an upcoming and looming civil war, which actually embodied perfectly in Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's remarks. And I want to go deeper into actually how there isn't a Democrat Party that exists. But first, I want to talk to you about ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is the software that I and thousands of my fans use every day to protect our data online. In the time since I started using ExpressVPN, hacking methods have grown even more sophisticated. I'm sure many of you are working from home these days, and without your IT department to protect you from online threats, it's important that you take action on your own to secure your devices you use for work. That's why I recommend using ExpressVPN for the best online protection possible. Whether it be the Chinese or the Iranian mullahs that want to come into your device, you need some way to protect yourself from the hackers. Whether it be the Russian government, you want to put your country first, you have to put your devices first, and you need to be protected. I've been talking about ExpressVPN on my show for so long now that you already understand probably why encrypting your network data is so critical, but some of you still have not acted. So here's what you got to do. Got to go expressvpn.com slash Charlie right now. Expressvpn.com slash Charlie. Expressvpn.com slash Charlie. So there really isn't a Democrat party. And tonight you kind of actually saw a higher platform given to the ruling governing class of the corporate Democrats than the base of the Democrat party. First up was Sally Yates. Sally Yates, of course, was the deputy attorney general during the Obama administration and acting attorney general during the Trump transition. Uh, She attacked the travel ban, calling it shameful, saying she refused to enforce the shameful order. Uh, She is held up as a hero, when in reality, she's actually very complicit in a lot of the deep state activity by the Obama Justice Department and the Obama deep state government to spy on Donald Trump. She said this, quote, we need a president who will restore the soul of America. That's one of their go-to lines. It's just so vanilla. It's so boring. It's so uninteresting. It's not going to be able to win or captivate base voters or you'd be able to persuade people in the middle. Next up was, as Rush Limbaugh calls him, Chuck U. Schumer or Chuck Schumer from New York. Again, it was kind of just a very vanilla, very. In fact, I was watching Chuck Schumer's speech. I thought to myself, his Senate speeches are actually a lot more fiery than this speech he was given. I mean, Chuck Schumer's speeches from the Senate floor actually are a lot better written than this kind of convention speech. He spent a lot of time saying that Donald Trump has done everything possible to demean the Statue of Liberty. Really? Demeaning a statue? I'm pretty sure that's what Democrats do. And he said that Donald Trump hid in the bunker. They're just trying to aggravate Donald Trump to try to turn this into a Twitter battle. I don't think the president is going to take the bait on that one, when in reality, it's Joe Biden who is hiding in his bunker, too too scared to come out to his own convention when Donald Trump is crisscrossing the country, governing. It's so Orwellian. It's not even a lie. It's the opposite of the truth. Next up was Bill Clinton, who in a party that has embraced Me Too and the feminist insurgent movement so heavily, also decides to platform the president who has been under more serious accusations 
from the feminist movement more so than any other person. So as Bill Clinton is under these serious accusations, credible accusations of being on Lolita Express, going down to the island of Jeffrey Epstein, of being around the sex trafficking of minor children and women, this is now the person that they want to elevate in the time where they're trying to win over suburban voters. 26 documented times he went on the Lolita Express based on flight logs and other eyewitness accounts have seen him on the island. So he said something about how during a time like this, the Oval Office should be a command center, not a storm center. Play tape. Time like this, the Oval Office should be a command center. Instead, it's a storm center. There's only chaos. Just one thing never changes. His determination to deny responsibility and shift the blame. The buck never stops there. Now you have to decide whether to renew his contract or hire someone else. If you want a president who defines the job as spending hours a day watching TV and zapping people on social media, he's your man. Denying, distracting, and demeaning works great if you're trying to entertain or inflame. But in a real crisis, it collapses like a house of cards. COVID just doesn't respond to any of that. To beat it, you've got to actually go to work and deal with the facts. Our party is united in offering you a very different choice, a go-to-work president. I'm just going to be as blunt with you as possible. I trust you guys as my audience. I refuse to take lessons about the sanctity of the Oval Office from the impeached and predator Bill Clinton. If you don't believe me, just ask Monica Lewinsky. Clinton says he wants an economy better for young people and for farmers. But it was Bill Clinton and Joe Biden who created NAFTA, the number one job killer for both farmers and young people without college degrees. Clinton said Trump would bully and blame and belittle. Is that kind of what Hillary Clinton did to your accusers? He also called Biden a down-to-earth guy to get the job done. Never mind that is literally Trump's main selling point. He's literally built buildings while Biden has done nothing his entire life except sell out our country to China and ship jobs overseas and make sure his family got preferential deals with foreign governments. He says Joe gave the American people specific plans on what he wants to do, then references a series of far-left policies straight from the Democrat Socialism of America platform, the Bernie Manifesto that we discussed last night. And I encourage you guys to check out our podcast from last evening. It's very interesting, though. I remember where I was in August of 2012. I was at my grandmother's house, actually. She was an amazing Republican. May she rest in peace. And I I loved watching the political conventions with her. And I happened to be passing through, and I visited her home during one of the nights of the Democrat National Convention back in 2012. And it was either the second or the third night. might have been the first night. I don't remember. It definitely wasn't the last night. Where Bill Clinton was the keynote when at the Barack Obama nominating convention, in fact, I think it was the first night. I'm pretty certain we can get a fact check on that. And it was an incredible speech. If I were to teach a class on how to give a nominating speech, I would, I would give the class, I would give the class on Bill Clinton's 2012 convention speech, which clocked in at 48 minutes. It was magnanimous. It was funny. It was clever. It was direct. It was energetic. It was human. 
for a lot of these accusations surfaced that were just rumors at the time, but now they're very credible, credible criminal investigations and accusations. The New York Times called his speech that he just gave a, quote, chance to address the party that left him behind. So compared to that stage-stealing keynote, and I say this as a constitutional conservative, Bill Clinton has talent. And that talent has left him. He does not have the spirit. He does not have the energy that he once had. I mean, he has spoken at every Democrat convention for more than three decades. And Bill Clinton went from that stage-stealing performance in 2012 to a five-minute Zoom call tonight. There's a rule in politics that I follow, and it's not perfect, but it's pretty good, that generally the more interesting candidate wins the election. Generally, the candidate who is more able to captivate audiences, get people off the couch, start conversations, they are going to win. I think Barack Obama was one of the worst presidents in American history. He was a phenomenal candidate. I think that he lost some of his charismatic appeal as the years went on, especially in his second term. But Barack Obama was a game time player. He got people excited. I lived through it in Chicago. I lived through it in 2008 as a high school student, as a freshman in high school, when everyone was wearing Obama shirts, when people flooded Grant Park in downtown Chicago when he won the election in November of 2008. It was, it was a real special moment. And I don't mean it as saying that Barack Obama's election was good for the country, but it was a special moment when I was a freshman in high school and people were so excited. I mean, it was the only thing that ever compared to it in the city of Chicago was when the Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup or when the Cubs won the World Series. When the Cubs won the World Series, that was palatable. That was something extreme. That was beyond. However, when Barack Obama ran, there was never a question of enthusiasm. It was like almost Barack Obama was such a talented politician, awful president, horrendous worldview, had bitterness for our country, but such a good politician that he almost made other people better around him. So Barack Obama almost raised the stakes of the game that it made Bill Clinton have to step up. And it's this old theory of kind of how the rising tide lifts all boats. Joe Biden is so mentally incapacitated. He is so uninspiring that some of these other speakers don't feel kind of a need to step up. And you'd think it would be the opposite. You'd think that they would feel more of a need to step up. But I actually don't buy that theory. I think that they see the lack of energy. They see the lack of enthusiasm. And they almost embody that lack of energy and enthusiasm. You see, Joe Biden, being a shell of a human being, has made Bill Clinton basically also become a shell of a human being. But Barack Obama, his conventions, you can say what you want about Obama, and I will. I did an entire podcast about his wife yesterday. I did an entire podcast about Barack Obama two weeks ago. I encourage you to check it out about calling him one of America's worst presidents. But he knew and his team was good. Man, were they good. If you're looking for a good political science book to read, it's one of the most important books I've ever read about political strategy. David Pluff, Audacity to Win. I mean, it was a bunch of communists running his campaign. However, they were very talented political tacticians. They were really good. 
They were not traditional corporate Democrats. These were movement Solinsky community organizers. They understood digital social media. They understood messaging. They were incredibly disciplined. They were headquartered in Chicago. And the media has now been describing John Kerry as vibrant compared to Bill Clinton. And the top story on Fox News tonight is Bill Clinton, once the dominant Democrat, now a footnote at convention. And Me Too also diminished Bill Clinton, make no mistake. And the DC, the DNC is almost embarrassed to have him. It's almost like they don't want to have to embrace the storyline of what if he doesn't speak, but they almost have to find a place to slug him into. And so I want to dive deeper into kind of this convention and some of the outliers here. And I definitely want to get to the young socialist from New York who's become a repeated mention of a lot of our commentary here. But first, let's talk about small business. America's ready to get back to work. But to win in the new economy, you need every advantage to succeed. Smart companies run a NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. With NetSuite, you'll have the visibility and control over your financials, HR, inventory, e-commerce, and more. Everything you need all in one place, whether you're doing millions or hundreds of millions in sales, NetSuite lets you manage every penny with precision. You'll have the agility to compete with anyone, work from anywhere, and run your whole company right from your phone. Join over 20,000 companies who trust NetSuite to make it happen. Receive your free guide, their terrific seven actions businesses need to take right now and schedule your free product tour at netsuite.com slash Kirk. netsuite.com slash Kirk. You won't regret it. netsuite.com slash Kirk. And so then came Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I think AOC is still trying to find her voice in this party. As I mentioned earlier, there really isn't a Democrat party. This is kind of just a, it's almost like how it was in the Balkan Peninsula under Tito in the former Yugoslavia. If any of you understand geopolitics of Europe, you had many countries that hated each other, but they were unified by a dictator and a centralized fear or theme. It's not a perfect comparison, but as soon as that fear or theme left Tito's death, the Serbs went to war with the Croatians, who went to war with the Bosnians, who went to war with the Albanians, and the entire region fell apart. And they're almost, they're still at odds with each other. It's not as bad as it was in the 90s, but they're still at odds with each other. And to use that comparison and that analogy to play it out into Democrat politics, you have these factions that really have contempt for each other. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez came out and she said she's here to nominate Bernie Sanders for president. I'm a huge, vocal critic of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. It takes a backbone to do that. I don't know if that was approved. I don't know if this was checked off, but the fact that she went and she said she was there to nominate Bernie Sanders for president, good for her. You know why? She actually might help save the Republic by starting a socialist civil war within the Democrat Party. She actually might help save our country by turning Democrats against each other. Now, some are saying that it's all part of the nomination process. It's parliamentary procedure for the second ballot winner to essentially the person who got second place. I think that's partially true. And I think it was said with such conviction. It was definitely a signal. No doubt. 100% a signal. She said that they have to start a mass people's movement. Guaranteed health care, guaranteed higher education, labor rights, recognize and repair the wounds of racial injustice, colonialization, homophobia, reform systems, and turn away from the violence of xenophobia of our past. Millions of people looking for deeper systemic solutions. She's literally a Marxist. We know this. Just play clip. And you know what? Let's play the full 60-second speech. 
of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Hear it for yourself, her entire convention speech. This is how much they value the communist from the Bronx. Play tape. Good evening, bienvenidos, and thank you to everyone here today endeavoring towards a better, more just future for our country and our world. In fidelity and gratitude to a mass people's movement working to establish 21st century social, economic, and human rights, including guaranteed health care, higher education, living wages, and labor rights for all people in the United States. A movement striving to recognize and repair the wounds of racial injustice, colonization, misogyny, and homophobia, and to propose and build reimagined systems of immigration and foreign policy that turn away from the violence and xenophobia of our past. A movement that realizes the unsustainable brutality of an economy that rewards explosive inequalities of wealth for the few at the expense of long-term stability for the many, and who organized a historic grassroots campaign to reclaim our democracy. In a time when millions of people in the United States are looking for deep, systemic solutions to our crises of mass evictions, unemployment, and lack of health care, in el espíritu del pueblo, and out of a love for all people, I hereby second the nomination of Senator Bernard Sanders of Vermont for President of the United States of America. And so one of the big takeaways from Cortez's speech is how she represents the base of the party and how far Joe Biden is from Cortez, at least on the appearance. Now, I'm not saying that they're, they're far away on actual practice, but on appearance, I mean, look, her opening shot in just 60 seconds, you heard it yourself, colonialization, racial injustice, homophobia. I mean, my goodness, your head is spinning. You're like, how many different social movements are you trying to change, start here? And the answer is quite a lot. And so Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez got in a Twitter fight with John Kasich over something about how she was upset that he spoke and there was some response back and forth of him being a Republican that endorsed Biden. I think the Democrats have some internal polling that shows that she's a problem, that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is a big problem, that she alienates swing voters, but she takes up huge amounts of press on the right and on the left, by the way. She is clickbait for both parties, like big time clickbait. She is clickbait for Fox News viewers. She is clickbait for Huffington Post readers. So the Democrat Party had to manage her. But here's the good news for those of us that love our country, that are patriots. This Democrat Party is barely being held together. I'm watching this, and it's actually one of the Saul Alinsky rules. Always make your enemy think you are stronger than you actually are. The Democrats have done a great job of this throughout the last couple of years. They don't have that much power. They are not that unified. In fact, if you go back up to the kind of word count that we were talking about earlier, they talked many times about bringing the country together, compassion, kindness, empathy, decency, civility, dignity. They said that a combined 16 times. Many times they said, you know, we are more unified because of all this and we're together. They're trying to convince themselves of something that is not true. You have parts of this party that are being barely held together that absolutely hate each other. And how willingly Bernie Sanders took that loss to Joe Biden was very interesting to me. 
Is we as Republicans do not play as nice as Democrats do. We don't. I mean, we get it's a blood sport on our side. I mean, our primaries are brutal. I mean, they are blood sports. And one recurring theme here was all about native land. And I want to end on that note. But before we do, I want to talk to you about your wireless provider. Who is your wireless provider? AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile. What if I told you Pure Talk USA uses the exact same network as one of those carriers? Same towers, same exact coverage, but literally costs you half. I know it sounds crazy. When I first heard about Pure Talk, I thought this is too good to be true. But then I looked at their customer reviews. Sarah from Aberleen, Texas said, the service is amazing. I love the price. The speed is quick and the reception is perfect. Angela from Midland, Texas said, the absolute test was visiting my parents who live out in the country. I've tried to use AT&T, Sprint and Verizon. None worked until I went into town. Look, there's so many testimonials and switching is so easy. You can keep your phone and your phone number and they'll just send you a new SIM card so you can get the same great service you currently have, but at half the price. So it's just free money. Average person is saving $400 a year. So here's what you do. Unlimited talk, unlimited text, plus two gigs of data for just $20 a month. All you need to do is grab your mobile phone, dial pound 250 and say the keyword Charlie Kirk. That's pound 250, say keyword Charlie Kirk. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. Pound 250, say keyword Charlie Kirk. A repeated theme throughout tonight, especially in the roll call, was this idea of indigenous land or native land. When Wisconsin was up, they mentioned native land. South and North Dakota also mentioned indigenous people and native land. So did New Mexico. This is a really important point. And Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was the only one that mentioned colonialization. To understand the base of the Democrat Party, you must understand that they believe that the founding of our country, the rightful designation of the 13 colonies, the expansion of the Northwest Territories, and the Louisiana Purchase was all illegally done. Even worse than illegally done. It was immorally done. This is a growing trend in the Democrat Party where they are trying to invalidate the founding of the country, that they believe our country was founded on stolen property. Therefore, everything that we created must be destroyed. The argument is incredibly flimsy. It is attractive for people that do not know history. But I'm telling you that this is something I really want you to be aware of. And we're going to do an entire podcast diving into the historical fallaciousness of this and how fake and how backwards it is. But you have to understand that the Democrats' end goal is to empower and to promote voices that truly believe that the United States has been a force for evil in the world, not a force for good. That the United States was illegally founded. That the United States came out of a reign of terror, not a hero's journey. And Cortez mentioned that in her speech. And the Democrat Party trying to manage her only gave her 60 seconds. And as it went on, it was a really interesting kind of closing note. Outside of the indigenous people's land, I want you to keep an eye on that. We'll do a whole podcast on that. But I would be remiss if I didn't mention Colin Powell. I mean, Colin Powell hasn't voted Republican in 16 years. He's best known for lying in front of the United Nations and getting us into one of the worst foreign policy decisions in the Middle East in Iraq. And here's just a reminder. Donald Trump is the most popular Republican president with Republicans in modern American history. 96% approval. 
And so far, the defectors are John Kasich, Colin Powell, Sidney McCain, Steve Schmidt from the Lincoln Project, and Anthony Scaramucci. Joe Biden, you can have them all. And Sidney McCain spoke tonight as well. Very forgettable speech. So as we keep an eye on the rest of this week, it's going to be very interesting to see how the Democrat Party keeps their radical forces at bay, try to continue to pander to black identity politics, and try to have more Republicans say, we like Joe Biden too. Come vote for Joe Biden. I'm of the belief this is a very unpersuasive convention. Donald Trump is incredible for ratings. People can't help but watch whether you love him or hate him. You're just fascinated by him. Next week, the Republicans have a massive opportunity. Some would say a huge opportunity to win over the middle part of the country and reinvigorate the conservative base. We talk about that with Michael Knowles and so much more. And we are going to continue to give you the instant analysis of who spoke at these conventions, the lessons and the takeaways, and exactly the direction of the Democrat Party and how we can best be suited to defeat them coming into November. What the Democrats did right tonight, I think their roll call was probably pretty good. I think that Jill Biden gave a pretty good speech. I actually thought the aesthetic of her being in a classroom and walking through the hall, I think that's pretty memorable. I got to give them credit. That was pretty well done. I think that the entire Bill Clinton part of the evening was awful, terrible, the disaster. And overall, I think it's unpersuasive. No message, no continuity, no through line. Just gives a better, bigger and better opportunity for the president to step up to the plate and have an incredible convention next week. And we will be watching that very, very closely. Thank you guys so much for supporting our program at charliekirk.com slash support. We are here. It is 3.30 Eastern in the morning, giving you the analysis, giving you the update that you need so you know exactly what's happening in the country at these conventions. If you might have missed it and the deeper, more philosophical analysis that you might be looking for. Listen to our sister episode with Michael Knowles that has hundreds of thousands of views now online. So make sure you guys check that out and email us your questions. Freedom at charliekirk.com, freedom at charliekirk.com. If you want to win a signed copy of the MAGA Doctrine, New York Times bestseller, type in Charlie Kirk Show to your podcast provider. Hit that subscribe button. Give a five-star review. Screenshot it and email us. Freedom at charliekirk.com, freedom at charliekirk.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. And if you guys want to get involved with Turning Point USA, last thing, just go to tpusa.com. If you're a college student, do it right now. tpusa.com, tpusa.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. God bless. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary.